Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this 130th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests on this episode include a friend of the show, Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com. He's also the host of the Best Damn Sports Betting Pod, period. We'll also visit with legendary actress and singer and songwriter Susan Anton has a new TV series, Idol Chat, that premieres tomorrow. We'll also visit with actor John C. McGinley. We'll be talking about the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And our final guest, it is 9-11. And we've got author Damon DeMarco going to be talking about his 20th anniversary edition of Tower Stories, an oral history of 9-11. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the shop, and share with your friends. Now, no one ever says, I have the perfect amount of free time. You're either wishing you had more or complaining about being bored. The bad news is you're supposed to be in the middle at that perfect amount. In a new study, researchers say the sweet spot is a moderate amount of free time. Too little makes people feel like they didn't have enough time to relax and do what they want, and too much was associated with a sense of lacking productivity and purpose. The study involved more than 35,000 people, and it featured a series of questionnaires which connected free time with subjective well-being. Now, in general, people were happier with more free time, up to about two hours per day. Then scores began to drop once free time exceeded five hours. Unfortunately, they didn't determine an optional amount or an optimal amount of free time. Always good to visit with our good friend Brandon Lang, of course, from BrandonLang.com, also the host of the Best Damn Sports Betting Pod, period. And Brandon, happy Friday to you, my friend. Thank you, my brother. How are you? I am well, and uh, NFL is officially underway. Brandon, how excited are you for the weekend? Uh, that's still upcoming. Yeah, I, I thought that game last night was was fantastic. little disappointed in how poorly Tampa Bay's defense played. Um I think they'll get better as the year goes, but having everybody back and as good as they looked in the playoffs last year, they they didn't look very good. Offensively, they looked unbelievable, as did Dak Prescott in Dallas. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if, if Dallas can continue with that success offensively. I see no reason why they can't, and they're going to be a beast in the NFC. And conversely, if that's the way that Tampa offense is going to play, and if that's as good as Brady's going to look, that could be one of the most prolific offenses we've seen in quite some time with the weapons he has and how much he has command of the offense to get the ball back with just over a minute, go right through him and kick a field goal to win it. It just reminds you of how good that man is, and it was it was great, great to see. If you're a fan of old men, 44 <laughs> years old, to do what he did last night is is almost almost leaves you speechless. It really does. Now, how does, how does that wet your whistle for the upcoming games uh, on Sunday? What are, what are some of the highlighted matchups you've got for the first week? Well, for me, you know, breaking down the card, I think there's some trap games. I, I think who is San Francisco to be laying more than a touchdown on the road against anybody? I, I just I don't see Detroit laying down. I like the experience of Jared Goff, but I think Detroit's a a feisty dog. Um, conversely, I think when you break down the Tampa Bay-Dallas game last night, 
I think you're going to see something similar with, with Cleveland and Kansas City where I don't think Kansas City defensively is going to be able to stop Cleveland much the way Tampa Bay couldn't stop Dallas. And so getting six and a half, seven with a Cleveland team that covered four of their last five road games uh, last year, uh, they're four and two of their last six as a dog. Andy Reid only covered two of his last 11 games a year ago and only one of his last six at Arrowhead. I think Cleveland plus the points is, is a great play. And then last but not least, rookie coach going on the road across the country, early game against Ron Rivera and that Washington football team. I like Washington's defense and this one at home to make a statement. I like them plus the one over the Chargers. Obviously, we've got week two on the the college slate as well. Any games of, of particular interest uh, college-wise for you, Brandon? Let's start with Iowa-Iowa State. That's the, that's the, the only uh, two, one of two really ranked matchups. Um, Oregon, Ohio State being the other, and, and I like Iowa in the game. Um, this is an Iowa team that, if, if you look at the matchup but between the two, um, Matt Campbell, 0-4 straight up, 0-4 against the spread, his last four versus Iowa. And uh, as a Big 12 home team, 6-7, and seven, their last 13 against the number. And you take Iowa outside the Big 10, their last nine games, 8-1 and against the spread, if you let the eye test guide you, you watch that Iowa-Indiana game, Iowa dismantled a really good Indiana team that had everybody back from their success last year, and they didn't just beat them. They dominated them. And so getting more than a field goal with Iowa here is way too many. I like Iowa plus the points. And a lot of people are off Oregon because they struggled with Fresno State. I personally feel that Fresno State's going to turn out to be one hell of a football team, and it was more of Fresno State being better than people thought than Oregon being not as good. And I think Oregon can hang around with Ohio State getting 15-and-a-half now. I just don't see Oregon getting blown out. I like them plus 15-and-a-half. All right, and uh, now we we did talk about NFL. Are there any teams that you that that you think we should keep an eye on this year? Maybe that uh, that are going to see some vast improvements over what we saw last year. Carolina, Carolina with Matt Rule in his second year. I think you have to keep an eye on them. Um, I think like with Sam Darnold uh, going down there, new scenery and and their defense. <clears throat> McCaffrey's back healthy. I would keep an eye on them. And and last but not least. In, in the NFC, keep an eye on Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Their defense is legit. The problem with them last year is they had poor quarterback play. Ryan Fitzpatrick has come in, veteran presence. If he can just play well and not turn it over, their defense is going to keep them in football games. Keep an eye on the Washington football team. There you go. And of course, you can find out more. BrandonLang.com. Also, uh, Brandon, uh, the best be- damn sports betting pod period as well i want to tell our listeners uh where to find more info about that as well yeah and there's a there's a with the monica Lewinsky um mini series docuseries dropping this week i have an unbelievable monica Lewinsky story on the podcast which is unreal best damn sports betting pod period enjoy the monica Lewinsky story and uh let's have a big winning weekend 
There you go. Well, Brandon, always great to visit with you, my friend. Hope you have a successful weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, brother. Do want to say thanks to the sponsor for today's podcast episode, Smiley's Breezy Vapes, located at 313 Falcon Road. Stop in and see them for Wacky Wednesdays, plus they've got great specials and events going on on Saturdays. Check out the largest selection of premium juices and disposable flavors in Southwest Oklahoma. That's Smiley's Breezy Vapes, 313 Falcon Road in Altus. For more information, you can call or text at 580-471-VAPE. That's 580-471-8273. It's amazing how certain sounds can trigger old memories. A new poll found it happens to us about twice a week on average, and one in 10 people said every day. Now here are the top 10 sounds that can trigger a happy memory. Number one, an old song you love, especially if you haven't heard it in a long time. Number two, waves crashing on the beach. Number three, birds chirping. Number four, a crackling fireplace. Number five, walking on fresh snow. Number six, a waterfall. Number seven, a cat purring. Number eight, trees blowing in the wind. Number nine, the sound of rain. And number 10, leaves rustling because it reminds us of fall. A few more from the top 20 include church bells, bees, thunder, kids having fun, and the radio playing in the background made the list at number 18. You know, we're from the stage, from the screen, got a brand new show we're going to be talking about, Idle Chat, a talk show with uh, international star and host Susan Anton with us today. And Susan, first off, thank you so much for your time. Thrilled to be with you, Cameron. Now, when did Idle Chat, when did the idea first present itself to you? And I mean, this has got to be so cool to be able to delve back into some memories, right? because uh, I got the call from my agent, and she said, there's this, uh, this new show that they're putting together where they're going to reunite the cast of iconic television shows from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on, and, and they want me, you know, and they would love for you to host it. I said, oh, my God, I would love to host it, because these are people that I either grew up with, like Leave it to Beaver, or I worked with, like the cast of The Love Boat, or are people that I know, like the ladies of Knott's Landing, so, and, and even the Pointer Sisters who I worked with. So it was uh, really great to be able to reunite them. We have eight episodes started at the Hollywood Museum, and everybody was completely delightful and excited to see their friends and castmates. And you talked about Leave it to Beaver. That is the premiere episode with Jerry and Tony. And what was maybe the the eye-opening moment uh, that folks can expect in in the new episode, the premiere, I should say? Well, you know, first of all, it's so cute to see them go back and remember, because clearly everybody uh, wants to talk to them about, you know, what they've been doing, I mean, what they did back there, Leave it to Beaver. And they have some really fun stories to share from behind the scenes, from behind the camera, because... They were just kids, you know, so they're trying to get an education. They're going to, they had some pranks they pulled in their, you know, their studio classroom and stuff like that that they shared. But also um, what they're currently, you know, both of them are very active in the theater. Sometimes they've worked together. And Tony is a brilliant uh, sculptor. 
the, uh, there's some surprises there that one, you know, when you start to learn about these people beyond what you know them as, and you see them kind of all grown up into their real lives today, uh, it's pretty remarkable. And Susan, as, as you're asking questions and, and you're getting the response back from the guests on the show, I mean, how long did it take you to feel comfortable in the hosting duties, if you will? You know, I felt, I felt comfortable from the get-go. Um, I think it's because I've had so many years on the stage as a former or an actor on Broadway, you know, and I've done so many interview shows that I, I find it fascinating. I'm completely curious about other people and what they're up to and where they've been, and especially if they're people that have touched my life uh, you know, in some capacity. I mean, like the Pointer Sisters, I've been singing their songs forever. Or, you know, E.T., the extraterrestrial. Who doesn't have a memory of going to that movie and, and crying buckets of tears, you know? And and for you, this this last year, a lot of folks, uh, it, it seems, have really delved back into, into our history. And to be able to share the history with some of the actors that, kind of formed our history television-wise. I mean, that, that's got to be a huge thing for you on a personal level as well. It, it, it is. You know, there's, uh, I just see there's, there was such a sweetness about it all, and I think that it's important for us to remember that today, uh, that you know, kindness is a good thing, uh, laughter, family, uh, friendship. Um, uh, you know, some lessons about how to conduct one's life with, uh, you know, integrity. And all of these shows, it's, it's so interesting, you know, going back to Leave it to Beaver, when you think about how long ago that show was, and it was one of the first television series that saw life through the eyes of a child. And, yeah, and it's amazing how much wisdom, um, you know, Theodore Cleaver had and Wally and, and their gang of, of fellas. Uh, the way that they saw the world and the questions that they had about the world. And it's like, you know, I think it's really important for us to kind of go back and remember, let's all be nice to one another again. And Susan, what did you notice maybe as being a common thread in, in all of the different visits that you had if the, of the actors that were in uh, years gone by TV-wise? Well, you know, Cameron, the thing that uh, stood out to me was how genuinely each one of these casts or singing groups love one another. Um, you know, they spent so much time together uh, when they were working on these projects that they would you know, clearly spend more time with one another than their own families and, and, and friends. And so they, they were like an other kind of family, and uh, every, they were so excited to be together again. It was like no time had passed, like the ladies from Knott's Landing. They immediately, you know, pulled out their mirrors, checked their hair and makeup, and then, you know, started to, you know, to get into it. Uh, it, it was just really great to see how much they all genuinely love one another, like the cast of Love Boat. They love one another. And Susan, uh, being in, in music and having such a, a vital part of your life as well, I love talking to musicians. And as we go through things in our lives, music tends to also kind of echo that back through the music in the coming years. How, how do you see music changing as a result of what we've all gone through this last year and a half, if you will? What a great question. Um, I, you know, I tend to listen to again, it's the music that I grew up with more or that was inf influential. I'm not, I can't say that I'm all up, up on who's the latest and what it's about. But um, when I listened, like the music from the 60s or the 70s, and I hear the, the echoing of what was going on culturally for us, 
at the time, like the Eagles, obviously the Beatles and so on and so forth, the music had such depth and meaning. And I think that there's still some artists out there today that are putting out some really uh, profound music that is commenting on uh, the youth of today. If we really want to understand what the youth is going on, we need to listen to their music. Um, because their issues are different from ours, but uh, it is that bridge that lets people know that they're not alone. That is right. And again, the show Idle Chat premieres on the 12th. That's going to be on uh, Real Good TV and also on the Family Channel. Susan, I want to make sure and let our listeners know where they can find not only more about the show, but everything you've got going social media-wise as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, they can just go to SusanAnton.com and uh, try to ch- keep everything you know current on, the, on my site. And that's probably the easiest way to go. There you go. Well, Susan, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to the new show, and hopefully we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you, Cameron. Have a great day. Do want to say thanks to the sponsor for today's podcast episode, Smiley's Breezy Vapes, located at 313 Falcon Road. Stop in and see them for Wacky Wednesdays, plus they've got great specials and events going on on Saturdays. Check out the largest selection of premium juices and disposable flavors in Southwest Oklahoma. That's Smiley's Breezy Vapes, 313 Falcon Road in Altus. For more information, you can call or text at 580-471-VAPE. That's 580-471-8273. A website called Finance Buzz is looking for someone to watch 13 horror movies and they'll pay you $1,300 to do it. They'll also send you a Fitbit to wear so they can monitor your heartbeat and see how scared you get. The movies were made with varying budgets and they supposedly want to know if that affects the amount of scares a movie delivers. The movies are Saw, The Amityville Horror, A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place 2, Candyman, Insidious, The Blair Witch Project, Sinister, Get Out, The Purge, The 2018 Halloween, Paranormal Activity, and Annabelle. With Amityville and Candyman, they didn't specify which version. Now, the budget disparity of these films is pretty huge. Paranormal Activity was made for $15,000, while A Quiet Place rang up a $17 million tab. Applications are due by September 26th, and you can apply at financebuzz.com. The final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine continues on and uh, landed an arc on the series for the final season. John McGinley on the line with us. First off, John, always great to visit with you, sir. Thanks, Cameron. Great to uh Great to spend the morning with you. How you doing? Do, doing well. How how yeah. how crazy was it coming in uh, in season eight of uh, of an already established series? Was it pretty simple, pretty easy transition to 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 feel your way in, if you will? Yeah, you put your finger right on it. When you, when you got an ensemble that that's a, that, that is marinated and and grown together like that group of I don't know eight actors, uh, it's easy to jump in because they, they know what they're doing. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And they're good at their jobs. Some of them are great at their jobs. And when you get a chance to, to be invited into an ensemble like that, what happens is you don't have to work so hard. And so 
uh, then you can get into what athletes and actors are always looking for. It's called a flow state. Mm. And a flow state for actors is when you're not worried about your lines anymore, you're not worried about the blocking, you're just grooving. And that's when you have a chance to make something happen in front of the lens. And that ensembles largely in a flow state, uh, which is, that's easy to fit into, man. <laughs> and the, the final season uh, continuing up on NBC Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 local time. And John, tell if folks haven't, haven't seen the new episodes, tell our listeners just a little bit about your character and what to expect from the final season as well. So they sent me these four episodes in the middle of February at the height of the pandemic, and the character's name is Franco Sullivan, and he's the head of the Patrolman's Union in the context of the show. And they drew him largely like Archie Bunker meeting Yosemite Sam. And <laughs> nothing says like Archie Bunker meets Yosemite Sam. And so I, I thought it was great. Uh, Franco Sullivan's a Billy Joel fanatic, first and foremost, uh, even before his job. He, he still lives in his mother's house. He's a... He hosts an NHL podcast called Islanders Talk, and all he sees is the color blue. And so, with with those kind of <laughs> with those kind of <laughs> attributes, uh, the writers can have a blast with that, and they did. For you uh, on on set, how much is actual true dialogue that's written out, and how much of it is actually just uh, uh, improv, if you will, along with the with the lines as well? I think you got to do it. What's on the with with, with TV? Because there's no time, there's zero time, mm. uh, and you're working largely a 14-hour day, uh, and everybody's trying to cram as much stuff into that 14 hours as possible, including two hours of COVID protocol uh, first thing in the morning. Uh, the last thing you can do is disregard the words on the page, and so I've always, I've always been love to hew to the words on the page. And then after three or four takes, um, if you want to bring some of your flavor, you can, but the, the writers, all of whom you know, wrote wrote for the Lampoon at Harvard and mm-hmm. have resume blow the back of your head off, you want to say what they put on the page because in something like Brooklyn Nine Nine, it's really good. So it's in your best interest, and it there may be plot points associated with it. So you're going to want to serve the page. And when I teach actors all the time, I tell them you must serve the page. You can bring your flavor, but you got to serve the page. Now, John, this this last year, you talked about the COVID protocols. How much different does it look coming on set today? And 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 how much do you think it's going to look different as things open completely whenever that day comes as well? Well, we were two hours. We were if your call time was six, you had to go get in that line over there and have your nose swabbed, and then go stand in that tent and wait for the results. And then you had to go spit in that cup, and then go stand over in that tent and wait for your results, and then you were free to go to hair and makeup. But that was between 90 minutes and two hours. So if your call time was six, you were in the makeup and hair chair by, I don't know, eight? <laughs> and that, that's a huge bite out of your day. And as a result, the page count, which is the amount of pages you're going to shoot, which is on the call sheet, um, the page count for a normal sitcom day is about 11 pages. And for for our purposes, because it was compromised by two full hours, which is unheard of, the page count had to be reduced to about five pages, uh, realistically, uh, which was a godsend because it doesn't mean the day is as ambitious as it normally would be. So even more pressure was taken taken off your shoulders. You're shooting five pages. You're definitely going to get the five pages. Eleven pages is a mountain of work every day. But because of the different uh, protocols, uh, these guys shifted gears quite, quite brilliantly. 
and made it a five or six page day. Uh, so they made that. That's a realistic amount of work to get done when two hours is bitten right off the top because of the protocols. I don't know what it's going to look like going forward. Uh, certainly for the for the immediate future, all those protocols are going to remain in place, obviously, mm-hmm. with the Delta uh, and whatever the next variant is going to be. But uh, it, it's going to look like that for a while. <laughs> That's right. Now, John, did you find because of having to have the distance and all that in uh, in coming in, did it make it a little easier for you to spend that time to to feel your way into the role, if you will? Well, I had five weeks between when I was sent these four episodes and, and when I got in front of the lens. And I, I can pretty much memorize the Manhattan directory if you give me five weeks. I'm, <laughs> I'm used to you to do it this afternoon. And so uh, the answer is yes. I, I was that was a luxury to have five weeks to get ready to do something. That's good stuff. And again, uh, the new episodes air Thursday nights at 8 Eastern, 7 local time on NBC. It is the eighth and final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And John, always want to make sure and let folks know where they can keep up with everything you've got going social media-wise as well, sir. It's just it's just John C. McGinley on, uh, on Twitter. I like, I, like to, I like to interact with my people over Twitter. It's been really great i've enjoyed it a great deal that's good well well john seem againly always great to visit with you sir appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule and looking forward to the new episodes and catching up again real soon sir thanks Cameron. all the best do want to say thanks to the sponsor for today's podcast episode smiley's breezy vapes located at 313 falcon road stop in and see them for wacky wednesdays plus they've got great specials and events going on on saturdays Check out the largest selection of premium juices and disposable flavors in Southwest Oklahoma. That's Smiley's Breezy Vapes, 313 Falcon Road in Altus. For more information, you can call or text at 580-471-VAPE. That's 580-471-8273. Now, Sunday is Grandparents' Day, and don't worry if you didn't get them anything. Fixing their computer when the Yahoo gets stuck in Portuguese is the greatest gift you could possibly give. Now, here are five helpful websites that grandparents should bookmark. So, first teach them what a bookmark is, then show them these sites. Number one, tech support for seniors. SeniorPlanet.org was designed by AARP to help older folks with computer stuff. It's the tech resource they always wanted, you know, other than their grandkids. Number two, a senior discount search engine. Seniors love deals. So a site called Kenoji.com built a search engine for senior discounts that's updated constantly and covers most stores and restaurants in the U.S. Number three, recipes sorted by ingredient. All Recipes lets you search their massive inventory by ingredient. It's great for people with specific cooking or dietary needs. Number four, an easy way to see grandkid photos. Tiny Beans is an app that lets you share photos with people. It's easier and less chaotic than things such as Facebook. And number five, keep your brain sharp. Lumosity.com has daily brain games tailored to different ages and skill levels. 
course, we know that 9-11, the 20th anniversary, and uh, with that in mind, we've got author Damon DeMarco, got the 20th anniversary commemorative edition of Tower Stories, which is an oral history of 9-11. And first off, Damon, I appreciate you taking some time to be on the show, sir. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us what was the thought process behind the the commemorative edition and and what's special about uh, the, the 20th anniversary edition, if you will, Damon? Well, the publishers came to me and they said, look, we're, we, we, it's been 20 years. And that in itself, as you know, was kind of hard to wrap our heads around. Uh, and they said, what would you feel about doing a retrospective section? And that is go, you know, the bulk of the work of this book, the interviews were conducted uh, within a year to 18 months after the towers came down. So what would it be like if we interviewed some noteworthy people now looking back after it's been 20 years? And so I got a chance to interview uh, Alice uh, Greenwald. She's the head of the National 9-11 Memorial Museum. And to hear her talk about why we remember and what is the importance of remembering for human beings. I mean, it's just mind-blowing, her perspectives. I got a chance to talk to a Jesuit priest named Father Jim Martin. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And in the days after the tower, he went down, he set up a missionary. Uh, to to tend to the rescue and recovery workers down there, to hear him tell what he went through and what he saw and his his service to other people, uh, incredibly inspiring. So the retrospective section is all about that. It's these stories of people looking back and figuring out, Cameron, how far we've come by looking back. Now, what is maybe one of the uh, the common threads of the folks that have looked back uh, 20 years later? What was maybe one of the common threads that po- folks have about uh, what happened on 9-11 and how that uh, affected uh, them as well? Yeah, th- this is a great question. And, and I'm so glad you asked it because, you know, I've been doing this work for 20 years and I've been trying to figure out exactly what is the thread that is running through all these stories? What, what you know, and it finally hit me when I was doing this this latest edition. Cameron, it's this. When we serve other people, when we put ourselves in service to other people, we are in fact serving ourselves as best we can and the other person. You know, in our culture today, it seems like everybody's out for themselves and, and, you know, it's, everybody can sympathize with that. It's tough, you know, but contradictory, right? It's kind of hard to wrap your head around uh, for me, at least when we look out for each other, we are in fact looking out for ourselves. It's the best way to look out for ourselves. And that's what binds us together. And that's what's throughout this entire book. And we talked this being 20 years. I mean, that's that's hard in itself to believe that it's been 20 years ago. But that means that's a, a, a whole generation of, of, of youngsters that, that don't remember, that don't sure. know what happened that day. And how important do you think it is for us to keep that in, in people's minds of what can truly happen? And also to show the harrowing uh, stories of folks working together, because it seems like that's something we need a little bit more today, right? Well, I, I agree with you on that completely. You know, I've got a nine-year-old son, uh, so uh, it, it's an important question what you're asking to me because, I mean, according to the, the U.S. Census Bureau, uh, about 34 to 35% of the U.S. population was not even alive during 9-11 at this point, wow. right? And, of course, you know, guys like you and me, it's going <laughs> to, we're going to shrink, <laughs> shrink, shrink, you know, the demographic gets smaller and the, the other demographic, you know, it's, a, it's just a memory for that, or not even a memory, it's just a, a line in a history book, they're going to get bigger and bigger, right? 
So, yeah, I mean, it's an important thing for me to be able to talk to my son because he has a totally different perspective about it. He, he, when I talk to him, he says, oh, yeah, I saw the videos. And I'm like, well, <laughs> there's a lot more going on than that. You know, there, there were real people's lives involved in this, you know. And so that's what I think we have to remember is that uh, history, as you and I know, it actually happened to real people. Mm. It's not just a myth. It's not just a story. This was people's lives, you know, and it continues to be many people's lives. You know, there are many people who are still affected by 9-11 today. And that's what we have to keep in mind, that our community has been impacted and that we still need to address it if we hope to move forward in a solid way. And uh, I know this last this last couple of years since uh, the pandemic and COVID, the emotional uh, toll that things take on folks has has been highlighted again and the the emotion of 9-11 i mean damon how hard is it for you to wrap that uh, your mind around that and also to to share that in an authentic way from the interviews that you had well you know what i try to come back to is the fact that i'm i I have a i'm in a very privileged position at this point i get to talk to people you know i I mean it's a real blessing what i've been given is this ability to just kind of listen to other people they're the ones who went through things. I'm just a guy walking around with a recorder half the time trying to make sense and trying to help them make sense of what they've heard. I I go back to this Cameron, this idea that when we, when we put ourselves in service of other people, we are in fact going to find the gold that we've always been looking for, the community, the ability to be one with each other. And we, we look past our differences immediately and we find our similarities and, uh, you know, that's what I think 9-11 means to me now, looking back, and what I think we can use moving forward. I think it's a very valuable lesson for us. And if that's the lesson we take from 9-11, I think it's a good one. That's right. Again, the uh, the book, Tower Stories, An Oral History of 9-11, the 20th anniversary commemorative edition is available. And Damon, I always want to make sure and let folks know where they can not only find more info about the book, but uh, your other writings and uh, and everything you've got going social media wise as well, sir. Well, uh, the, the book is everywhere as far as I know. So uh, just just look for it by its title. Um, you could always find out more information on DamonDeMarco.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is yes, I act and write. I do post things there as often as I can when I'm not scribbling. Um, I'm just very pleased to be able to talk about this book and to remember all the service that was offered by people on uh, 9-11. And I hope that we keep that in mind as we move forward through this weekend, especially. That's right. Well, Damon, again, thank you for your time today, sir. I, I wish you a, a happy 9-11 Remembrance Day. And uh, brother, hopefully we can catch up again real soon. Well, I'd like that. Thank you, Cameron. We would like to say thanks again for joining us for this 130th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, a question, maybe anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, you can visit our merch store where we've got hoodies, shirts, stickers, tumblers, mugs, and much more. That's gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. If you have a special guest idea, go ahead and email me gqwithcam at gmail.com. Thanks to our friends over at Smiley's Breezy Vapes for sponsoring today's episode. And I do appreciate our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music and today is 9 11 
Hope you take time to remember where you were at 9-11-2001, how that impacted you and those around you, and reach out and tell somebody that you love them today. It's never too late. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll be back with new episodes coming up next week.